This is the Spapreneur Podcast, episode 171. Today's episode is brought to you by Demented Ramona. <laughs> to be fair, she has very tiny humans and they're around a lot. You can't listen to uh, our show. Hello. So I've not been listening to things because even if I listen, I probably won't remember. <laughs> there is nothing relaxing about owning a day spa. Serious spa owners know that being in the spa business isn't for the weak. And the lesson in this was I didn't follow my own advice. This is the Spapreneur Podcast with Ramona Rice and Lynn Graves. She is the main owner of the company. I am the COO. I get to be emotional. Right. I don't. Spapreneurs. I shouldn't have to introduce my guest for today's episode. This is 171 of the podcast, by the way. Um, she's been on the show numerous times. Most of you know her. Most of you were actually introduced to me by her. Um, Hurricane Ida did not slow her ass down one bit. It's one of my favorite um, redheaded Cajuns from Louisiana. That's right. If you haven't figured it out, it's the badass body worker. So Rebecca Brumfield is back on the podcast. Rebecca, so good to see you safe and sound. I know we were all worried about you. Thank you, Ramona. That was quite the intro. Damn. Maybe I need to get you to, uh, re- you know, record the intro to my podcast. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. You've got so many new things since the last time we spoke on the podcast. Like you have your own podcast now, which I love. It's super cute and fun. Um, and you um, are still working your business, but we're going to talk about that. because She made some big changes and, and badass body workers. Every time I look, I'm like, good Lord. It's like, you know, the, the community that won't keep growing. Right. Thank you, Ramona. And it's not just me. It's everyone. That's why it's so awesome. But I appreciate all of that. I know we could talk hours and hours about anything. So when I text you earlier and I'm like, the fuck are we going to talk about today? Because <laughs> yeah. we could literally like talk about anything. And um, yeah, we chose to talk about transitioning and downsizing. And I'm super pumped up about this episode because I like what you told me a couple of years ago at my very, very first office, like shit, maybe six years ago now was sometimes growth means scaling back. And that stuck with me so much and five, six years down the road, it still rings true. So yeah. And I think when you talk about that, because, you know, success is a really personal metric. I talk a lot about that in my community. And I, I feel like now with everything that's happened in the last two years, especially with our industry with COVID and just all kinds of different things happening is that we're all starting to realize that, you know, to be successful really means it has to be a personal choice because my version of success is again, the 7,500 square foot spa, 30 member staff, whereas yours was, I don't want to do any of that shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying, you know what? I'm super successful and happy with a one room shop with a small amount of clients. As long as you're making the money you want to make and you're enjoying your profession, you're successful. Like, I think we really need to talk about this because that was a huge thing for you to learn. And I'm always so flattered whenever you mention me about it, but that was really, I feel like a growth pattern you had to go through. Yeah. I, I remember on our first coaching call, actually, if I remember correctly, or it might've been the second, I had a massive anxiety attack right before that. Remember? And I was calling you like freaking the fuck out, but it's true. And like, I, obviously a lot of people have transitioned out their business because of COVID, but I've always been constantly transitioning. I don't like being stuck in the same thing. I don't, I never meant to grow from a one room facility to having a fully staffed day spa that just exploded overnight and then wanting to take the roller coaster back down again. 
And it's just interesting because I've transitioned so many times in my business and I have such a unique lifestyle and I'm still discovering who I am and the type of life I want to live and what I want to make and what I want to make fluctuates depending on what my goals are at the time and where I'm at. I don't like to get stuck. I, I think I'm a little too fluid sometimes. I don't like to get stuck in one place or stay stagnant. And whenever I was running my day spa, I was operating from a place of um, like plateauing and I didn't feel fulfilled. I was successful. I didn't feel fulfilled. And I got diagnosed with high functioning anxiety. I was living my life for other people, really being a people pleaser. Um, I made some business decisions out of desperation that were not fully thought out or written in contract, which you're well aware of. <clears throat> learn some, learn some big ass lessons from that. And I was making decisions based on making other people happy and keeping them supported and encouraging. Cause that's what I do best, right? I support and I encourage people, but I was taking on a lot of my childhood trauma from my mother, who's a martyr and does that to her own detriment instead of living the life that she wants, you know? And I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't stop I couldn't stop saying like no to myself. I had to start saying yes to myself. And that involves upheaving everything. <laughs> and it was awesome. It was tricky. It was a tricky transition and I'm still transitioning, but people shouldn't feel um, scared or nervous or stuck. Like if you're under no obligation to be the person you were five minutes ago, if you don't like something, fucking change it. If you don't like that, change it again. If you don't like that, maybe you need to hire a coach who can tell you why you keep following the same patterns over and over again. <laughs> but you just have to figure out what it is that you want and what your own version of success is. And I think we just, I think people inherently follow what society tells them is successful instead of being true to themselves. I love everything you just said. And there was a couple of really key things. I think the first thing is the ability to say yes to yourself without having to worry about others. And it's interesting. I've actually gone through a period of my life recently, the last 10 months, particularly because we had to take on my husband and I had to take on his two adopted sisters who have special needs. And it was a lot of saying yes to everybody else's wishes. And then finally I had to say no. And one of those things was putting, though I love her, um, Quanta, the one who had the most need into a group home. So she get better care because we were unable to take care of her the way she fully needed to. And at first I felt kind of like you because, and I know it's, it's a little bit different, but you feel like you feel guilty because you're like, how dare I not take that client who's you in feel obligated. And I, you feel yeah. obligated and you, and you feel like, especially massage therapists, you're like desperation going, they're in pain. I should do everything I can to get them out of pain, but it's okay for you to set a boundary saying, you know what? I don't work on Sundays or I don't want to hire a staff or I don't want to, you know, miss a kid's baseball game. So I'm not gonna work a Saturday anymore. I mean, it's, perfectly okay. To do that. It's okay to say, you know what? I only want to do cranial sacral massage. I don't want to do relaxation massage anymore, or I don't want to do deep tissue. It's, it's okay to say that. And I think the first thing you have to ask yourself and Rebecca had to was really say, what the fuck do I want? And especially because our industry is dominated by women, you know, women outnumber men by like what, 10 times <laughs> the professionals. And we have a hard time really answering to ourselves and saying, well, what do I actually want for my life? And how can my business support that? And I think that's a really fundamental question because that's what you really had to do. Yeah. And well, people are, we don't, 
learn everything in school, as you all know. And at the end of the day, regardless of where we live in the world or what our culture is or personal beliefs, it doesn't matter. Humans only know what they're exposed to. And if we're only exposed to one way of living or one type of clientele or one income level, how are we to know the difference if we're not exposed to it? So it's your personal responsibility. Your situation may not be 100%, you know, controllable, but you can control your outlook and you can control whether you make a decision to try something new or surround yourself by different people or, uh, you know, say to yourself, you know what, I don't want to staff anymore and I'm going to try and do everything I can to, you know, live the life that I want. Like it's, it's okay to set standards for yourself. And it's also okay not to know what the fuck you want because life is a journey. We have this, there's this paradigm of I'll be happy when I make a million dollars. I'll be happy when I get a new logo. I'll be happy when I divorce my partner. I'll be happy when I have a, a full staff or whatever. We put these um, preconceived notions and expectations on ourselves of like future thinking you know, I'll be happy when, and we're just constantly like chasing a carrot dangled in front of our face, but we're never, we're never satisfied. We're never getting there because we think happiness is a journey. I mean, is the end result and it's not, it's the journey. And I think people get happiness and fulfillment mixed up with each other too, because happiness is a temporary state of being. It's never permanent. Neither is, you know, uh, being angry, you know, or something. It's an emotion that comes up and it's ridiculous to think that that's permanent. It's ridiculous to think anything is permanent. And I think we try so hard to hold on to our struggles because yeah, I had a full staff. I had, you know, a manager at one point I had just contractors. I had a mix of both. I had, there's so many things I tried and I didn't know what I wanted because I wasn't sure what was going to work for me until I tried it. And that's why I like teaching people about everything I've tried because it's like, I've tried a fuck ton of stuff and I know what works for me and I know what doesn't work for me, but might work for other people. Anyways, I'm like rambling now I'm going down a rabbit hole. So no, 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 I, I, I'm just letting you go. Cause I think there's a lot of wisdom to this, you know, especially because, you know, it's okay to have standards and it's okay for those standards to be, um, you know, and we're not saying that you can't like, you know, follow the ethics of our profession. We're not saying that at all, but it's okay to have standards saying, you know, again, like, you know, I am going to charge what I'm worth. I was just working with the spotpreneur yesterday. And the one thing she doesn't have a problem with, she goes, I know I'm more expensive than everybody else, but here's why. And I'm like, then don't apologize for that. That's a standard. Or the standard is, is like, you know, I'm going to work these days and that's it. And if you can't handle that and it's okay to do that. And I think that's what it is, but I love this idea that, and and I know I've done this too, where I'm happy when I'm happy when like everybody thinks like, you know, uh, that the, it's the before and after effect, you know, it's like why makeover shows are so popular. It's like why we love watching like HGTV and we see them going to the house. Yes. And we're like, there's an after, okay, they're going to be perfect because they have the ship black wall. Well, no, that's not true. Um, you know, it, it, it doesn't work that way. And I love this idea that the journey also needs to be the happy part of it that, and there are times where the journey, especially as a business owner, it's lonely, it's depressing, it's hard. And there are times where I'm just, I, even I, I'm like, I don't want to fucking do this more. I want to get a job. Just two weeks ago, I'm like, I told my husband, I'm going to get a job. He goes, you don't want a job. I'm like, no, I want a job. I just want to shove somewhere. They tell me what to do and leave. He goes, you will do that for a week and hate it. And I'm like, you don't know. Um, you know, and we all get that way. How scary was it though, Rebecca, to embrace this transition when you finally accepted, okay, what's what, what I'm doing right now is no longer working. 
how scary was it for you to make the changes? God, so my transition, let's rewind. <laughs> it's it's ever evolving. Um, <clears throat> it started, you know, years ago when I expanded too much. I hired the wrong manager to run my business while I completely checked out because I was burnout. And then COVID happened right after that. I had a huge financial loss from that decision. And then COVID happened. So I'm like, God damn it. What else could possibly happen? I somehow managed to weasel my way out of my very expensive lease and I downsized. So like I, I went from having six treatment rooms down to three super tiny ones. And the reason I did it after COVID, whenever we were able to open back up and everything in my heart told me, no, don't do it was because I had three or four staff members completely depending on me. And honestly, none of them wanted to apply for unemployment. They all wanted to still work. I was still getting calls nonstop. There was no reason why I should shut down, especially I just lost three months of income. Now I have to save up and, you know, pay my taxes. Like bills got to get paid. So I'm like, okay, well, I found a sublease and, you know, I, I did that for a bit, but I was still miserable the whole time. I was still, um, letting my employees get away with stuff that they shouldn't have. A couple of them were bickering with each other, both for good reason. I had to do step in and do a lot of like damage control. And I'm like, why the fuck am I an adult babysitter? That's pretty much my job title. I'm, I'm sick of it. So I decided that when the sublease ended, cause it was only like for eight months. So I'm like, okay, post pandemic, I can handle eight months. I have the insurance now to learn that lesson, have the insurance to help me out with all of that. And I'm like, okay, eight months, that'd give me a good time to transition. But I was still stuck the whole fucking time. And I just now started the process of renovating a school bus that I recently bought in order to be a nomad and travel around. But even that's a transition. I had to shift what I wanted because after looking at the reality of it, instead of the idea of what I wanted it to be, after looking at the reality of the mechanics of that vehicle and hiring multiple mechanics to look at it and drive it around. It is not going anywhere outside of South Louisiana. No fucking way. I can't drive that thing two or three hours away. It's, it's not safe. But what I can do is still make money off of it, Airbnb it, flip it, whatever, and use that money to get an actual RV that I can gut for a mobile spa that's already road safe, that's already up to the state standards, that gets me the insurance I need. I wasn't fully thinking out in both of those situations with my spa and the bus, I was attached to the idea and the outcome, but the process, but like, by the way, if you're looking to renovate a vehicle for mobile business, I'm telling you right now, unless you're an, like, unless you're a contractor or you're a carpenter, hire that shit out and get it done in a month or two, instead of trying to DIY it. Cause it's been two fucking years for me, two years I've been working on this thing and it's barely starting to move the ball again. So don't, don't dishonor your goals. Like I could have had my bus renovated and ready to go after the pandemic hit and I could have been hitting the road and yet I was stuck again. I still plateaued and it's like, damn, like I'm starting to see the same patterns and all the decisions that I've made. And I had to be very humble and be like, fuck, like what's the common denominator? Because that's what needs to be fixed. And whatever decisions you make or transition, there's, there's something there. There's always something. And you don't have to beat yourself up about it either. You just recognize it, work on it, move on and ask people for help. It's okay. Cause you're not in this alone. You're really not. I am so proud of you. <laughs> I am so proud of you. Cause I know, cause I, I love, you know, again, you could have easily be defeated by the whole bus thing. And this is what you said. It, basically I wrote down, stay flexible. 
attach, you know, you can still be attached to the idea and the outcome, but you've got to have a process to do it and don't dishonor your goals by going cheap, you know, invest what you can into your goals and your dreams. And these are just powerful things. And unfortunately, a lot of times we don't learn those lessons until we've experienced enough times until we've experienced it and, and done it. And honestly, like my goals in the past couple of years, they have been monetary goals and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But my monetary goals and my life values did not match up. My core values did not match up with my monetary goals, meaning my, one of my core values is community and it is freedom. And I had neither one of those in my office. It's also uh, one of my core values is trust. And that's definitely been broken several times. And it's hard as a business owner when you've trusted people, you've got screwed over or something didn't happen like you thought it would because we get attached to the outcome. And it's hard to trust other people again. But I have to tell business owners all the time, look, if you had one or two or even three employees screw you over and fuck up, like don't project their like their mistakes and their pain and their trauma that they cause you onto a new employee. They don't deserve that. That's just like dating. We can't project our like past love life onto our current partner. Cause if we do, you're just setting yourself up for failure because you're coming from a place of animosity or depression or negative, whatever insert negative emotion here. And that's just going to like domino affect itself. So you have to like, you just have to trust the process and stay true to your core values too, because I should have been, on the road by now, I should have been surrounded by my community and, you know, having deep, meaningful conversations with people I trust and having the freedom to be flexible. And that didn't match up with the monetary goals I had. So definitely knowing your core values will help out a lot, a lot in like how to make your goals. So, so it's interesting. One of the first things I do now with new clients, Rebecca, is the first thing we talk about is their household budget. <laughs> this is the first uh, thing we talk about. You're such a profit first bitch for Mona. God. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am. I am. But here's why. Because I'm like, I talk about the basic, you know, four wall bitch, four, four wall bitch, four wall <laughs> budget. <laughs> Four wall budgets, right? So we can you know, keep lights on and food in our bellies, all that stuff. But then I talk about, okay, what's your dream budget? Is your dream like Rebecca, where you're like, I want to get into a, a, you know, a van or an RV and drive anywhere I want to and rub people and, you know, have a great life and see the, the badass body workers in person. Cause that's really what you want, you know? Um, or is it, I want to be able to take my, my kids like me, I took them to Disney world this year. And that was a big deal for me. And I'm like, I want to be able to do a big trip like that every two years. And so your monetary goals, I love this. They have to, I agree. They have to match up with your core values and you have to identify within your life, what your core values are, because if your monetary goals aren't feeding those core values, because where we spend our money and time is where we show our value. And if your value is someone like, again, like Rebecca, who travel is a huge value for her community is a huge value for her. And and let me tell you, I've got a lot of friends of mine who are doing the nomad life right now and love it. And that's a huge community. Like that community is strong and it's fun. Like the people who do that adventure, it looks like so much fun. And I'm kind of like telling Evan, like, Hey, once he gets out of the house, let's go nomad for a year. And then part of me is like, no, I don't really want to. But anyway, that's that's the process. Get, get yourself an RV and then you can rent that. Shit I would out have to have a bougie day. RV. I would have to have a, the bougiest RV though. Cause I'm a freaking okay. princess. Yes. I am a freaking princess and I know it. Uh, but I love this. I love that you've come to this conclusion because I agree. You have to, you have to align your business revenue needs to directly tie with what you want for your personal life. And if you try to listen to people who say, oh, that doesn't matter. That's bullshit. They're lying to you because you're never going to make the money you need or enjoy the money you have 
if it doesn't align with what you actually desire. Right. Like, when was the last time we got permission to say, what do you desire out of your life? Not just what you need. We all know oh, we need but, to be like clothed and sheltered, right. but what do you desire? And it's okay well, to desire stuff. Well, when did people actually like, you just said something really awesome, which is enjoy spending the money. When people spend money now, it's 90% on bills or savings, you know, the responsible thing, but, or some people spend money and frivolously shop because it's, you know, it's an emotional trigger. Yeah. But when like, that's a, a strong point. Like I spend money because I enjoy spending it. And I've actually come to the conclusion. I was, uh, stoner thoughts, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the other day, I'm like, you know what? Like, not only do I love empowering people and women, but I see ads for all the, um, high level coaches and stuff that like want to help people and they're great, but I really like helping the underdogs. Like when I refer or when I suggest a product to somebody like a, a CBD staff, for example, you know, I refer to a friend of mine who makes the most amazing salve I've ever used in my life. Why would I not support somebody hyper, like hyper small and sort of the underdog? And, and, you know, I can use my platform for good. And Miley Cyrus actually said like, uh, she's like the queen of making, making very abrupt, uh, changes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like sometimes you just have to be drastic to make a change. And she said, if you, if people are going to be looking at what I'm doing anyway, why not make it impactful and do something for a greater cause? If they're going to be looking at me, like, well, let me give them something to fucking look at and something to really talk about. That's good. You know, and now she stands up, she's known for standing up for gay rights. And, and that's amazing. She went from Hannah Montana to wrecking ball overnight, but she couldn't have that transition. It had to be a a switch flip with her because she's so well-known. Like there was no transition period. Her her transition period was a ripping the bandaid off. So you have to ask yourself too, like, do you want to transition really like take it slow and easy? Or do you want to rip the fucking bandaid off and go cold Turkey? Cause that's what I should have done. And you know, sometimes you just have to know what your style is. You know, are you, sick of it and just need it now are you instant gratification if you are rip that fucking band-aid off because honestly transitioning is difficult it yeah no matter what it is it's difficult so and every business transitions it, it's interesting i you know i look at the trajectory of like my own business even just spapreneur and where it started and where i am today and you know if you are still running the your business the way you were like three years ago you're doing it wrong because as you grow like i was just talking to a coaching client this morning and i had to remind her it's like you need people for the business you have today not the business you had three years ago when we started working together and i think that's okay for i'm, I'm giving all of you permission to admit that that it's okay if you're transitioning like for example rebecca no longer needs a full staff you don't need a full staff yeah. It's okay if you fucked up and hired the wrong manager and, you know, ended up like almost a hundred grand, like behind, like don't fucking beat yourself up, dude. Like just learn from people who made these mistakes and don't be afraid to like ask for help and reach out to people. And like, it's, it's fucking embarrassing. And if there's God, you know what? I went on a date a couple of days ago, Ramona. And one thing the guy asked me is, if your friends and family could say anything about you, like what one of your characteristics or qualities or traits, what would it be? And I'm like, well, 
what a question to ask on the first that's date. Like right? job, that's like a job right? interview question. Right. And like, um, like you're applying for a position <laughs> in his life. I mean, I guess it's technically that's true, but I'm like, that's so weird. That's, and, and as a little context, you know, we, we were asking each other silly questions back and forth, you know, just for fun. But um, my answer was, honestly, like, I think I'm one of the most, like, humbling people ever because I can take constructive feedback and I can let go of my ego enough to be knocked down a few notches. But I know that I can gain way more notches than what I got knocked down by if I just, like, humble myself and let go of my ego and fucking learn and wallow in it for a little bit and then suck it up and then learn and move on and teach other people. And I think having that grit and that resilience and, and being able to be receptive to feedback and to failure and to being fucking embarrassed. I've been put on a, on a pedestal and also made an example of in quotes by people before. And I couldn't imagine being, could you imagine being a celebrity Ramona where everyone is just like hyper-focused on what you're doing and tearing apart everything and chastising you for everything it's fucking embarrassing. It's embarrassing to be called out for your mistakes and shortcomings. And that's why people don't talk to people sometimes like it's fucking embarrassing. And then sometimes that same support system that was with you before may not be there for you in the moment, or they may just set a boundary around that situation and come back to you later. Like it's, it's tricky being humble and, and growing and getting over your ego. Jesus Christ, we, we make too many decisions from our ego, I think, instead of from, again, our core values or, or our intuition from our heart, you know, we just, we get in attack mode very quick as human beings. And I am no longer willing to live my life under, you know, being in a constant state of fight or flight. That's my affirmation. I write down, actually, I do not live my life in a state of fight or flight, which is ironic since I travel a lot. (laughs) (laughs) and plus again what you do for a living this is rebecca brumfield if you do not know about badass body workers it is the best facebook community by far for body workers of all types um female body workers yes (laughs) besides popreneur um but i do i love that community so much Uh, rebecca what are you what's new going on with badass body workers um well i did mention that we launched a podcast so that's pretty exciting and again I don't even listen to a lot of my own episodes because it's fucking embarrassing, but you got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> Three months, five, six months down the road, I'm going to look back at my episodes and be like, shit, that was yeah. embarrassing. I will <laughs> tell you as, as someone who's done podcasting for over six years now, if you don't hate your first episodes, you're doing it wrong. Um now, I personally love my first episode of Spopreneur, but I had been doing podcasting for like three years before I had started the Spopreneur podcast. So I was well seasoned. So that's normal, Rebecca. Do not what? feel bad about that. Ask any podcaster. Or if you don't hate the first graphic you've ever posted on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, just just everything. If you're not, if you don't hate what you did in the past, and and I, I guess I shouldn't say hate, maybe it should make you uncomfortable. Like, ew, I can't believe I did that. It's kind of looking at your middle school self. You're like, what was I thinking? Like right now, my daughter's making fashion choices and I'm going, I'm just going to let you do these things because you're going to look back and go, what was I thinking? Why would you let me do this? Oh yeah. Loads, 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 loads. Um, so yeah, the podcast is awesome. The community is awesome. She has, um, coaching plans. Um, definitely hit her up. It's really good. Uh, Who's your ideal client, Rebecca? Sure. So I actually no longer offer, uh, coaching or consulting calls at the moment. Um, it's just something 
I didn't enjoy doing one-on-one. I'm more of a small group type person. So doing a podcast and being on a clubhouse is way more interactive and fulfilling for me. Um, and then you can send me a voice memo if you want to, because that's how I primarily communicate. Because, hey, business owner here, talking is more efficient than typing. And something else that's a little bit new, Ramona, um, is I don't quite have all the details completely planned out yet, but it's in the process. I'm going to start doing little uh, overnight uh, spa sleepover type mini retreats, because when I travel, if there's like 10 girls that are in Nashville or Houston or whatever, I can rent an Airbnb and we can have a healers helping healers sort of overnight, like reboot stay of rest because a lot of us can't afford $4,000 to go on a week retreat and then have people cover our clients and lose all that money and find babysitters for your kids, blah, blah, blah. I'm already having meetups. So doing sleepovers and having an Airbnb is way cheaper than running out a restaurant. So that's going to be exciting. So stay tuned for sleepovers. Yeah, and, and probably and probably safer and sounds more fun. Again, it's Rebecca Brunfield. Um, if you are interested in private coaching, though, I love it. It's like my favorite thing to do. So um, head over to spotpreneur.com, click the work with me button. If you're like, you know what, Ramona, I really need some business intuition. Let me explain why business coaching works. Is that the business coach, if you find the right one, number one, will be able to get you out of the weeds. And Rebecca talked about this earlier that she was like, I needed to get a business coach to tell me a way out. And sometimes you need that like outside source. And there's nothing wrong with that. I've invested in business coaching. Rebecca's invested in business coaching. There's nothing wrong with it. So that's number one. You work with me there. Also head over to make sure you join Badass Body Workers community if you haven't already and head over to Spotpreneur Alliance Group. That's where we talk about the podcast and all kinds of other things. And Rebecca, I've got one more question for you. You probably, if you've listened to podcasts, you know, I asked all my experts this, what is making you feel wealthy today? Um, well, just today, actually, I ended up getting a free pumpkin spice cold brew crema from my local coffee shop because apparently I earned enough points to get one and I'm like you know what I haven't drank coffee in a while I'm gonna fucking treat myself today and I was all pumped to go spend ten dollars on a latte and I got it for free so little bitty small moments like that and then having amazing conversations with powerhouse women in the industry really makes me feel super wealthy because knowledge I think is the ultimate wealth that we can have, which is way more valuable than, than uh, any Benjamin Franklin to me. So you made me feel wealthy too, Ramona. Thank you so Not much for having me on. No, I always love having you on again. Rebecca Brunfeld, badass body workers. And I'll see y'all next week. Bye. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. Badass spotpreneurs. Have a great day. Need more actionable steps to get your spa headed in the right direction? Head to spapreneur.com where we've got the tools, tricks, and methods to make your spa as successful as it can be. Spapreneur.com. <laughs>